Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 780, January 28th already, 2022. It was 47 degrees on this day, but you would have had to have been around in 1892. Wow. And it was 29 below in 1873. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. We got a wild game logic What time? With on production, going out to dinner Chris somewhere. Rivers, director of social media. <laughs> John Hyde in the newsroom. As soon as I get back from the credit union. Kenny from the Krabby Coffee. What, to rob it? <laughs> is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Hi, guys. Your mayor, Joe Sushiro. I'm fired up. Let's go. Okay, uh... A Neil Young conversation oh, developed yesterday. God, no more Neil Young. What's wrong with Neil Young? I'm just kidding. It's I an interesting. Not. No, it's interesting. <laughs> I got a great take on uh, on the conversation yesterday from Don Heideman in Iowa, and he says, "Joe, I just completed listening to the uh, podcast, and I found the conversation about Neil Young very intriguing. Your admiration for him is obvious, and while his music isn't my cup of tea, I understand your appreciation for his craft." I agree with you that it is a bit confounding that 50 years ago he was 100% anti-establishment, and now he appears to be in lockstep with support of policies that seem to be anti-free speech and freedom of choice. That's the Rogan controversy. As you noted, the same hypocrisy can be said for Bette Midler, Rob Reiner, et al. This about-face got me thinking. Have those individuals changed, or has something else changed? Is it possible that the hippies of the 70s were not nearly, were not really anti-establishment, but rather pro-totalitarianism, or said another way, pro-Mysterian. When they protested the Vietnam War, I don't know if they were really fighting for freedom in the United States, if they were upset that the U.S. was attempting to slow the spread of communism in Southeast China. I don't think there is much debate that our country has become much more liberal over the last 50 years In fact, I can't think of one area that has moved toward the conservative side of the aisle. So as as our government has moved closer to the socialist way of governance, the hippies of yesterday have achieved in part what they wanted. From their perspective, now that the far left wing has their foot in the door, it's time to support them and further entrench their way of governing the United States. I would propose that Neil Young has not changed, but our country has in many ways for the worse. I find that a very interesting Hmm. take. Hmm. Very interesting hmm. take. What do you think, FYI? Well, I think uh, part of this entire conversation is based entirely on his views on COVID-19 mm-hmm. and what the scientific community says about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not just him. You had 270 scientists talk about Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan's show. It's not, scientists so, bought and paid for by Big Farm. <sighs> No, I, I think I think you're uh, murdering to dissect, as Shakespeare said. Well, no, I don't. Th- I okay. Well, wh- what I would say don't to Don's up. point is that maybe these guys haven't changed at all. You know, Bette Midler's always been a jerk. Well, I don't think any of these people we're talking about have changed much. Speaking of Bette Midler, did you guys see what the governor of West Virginia did? You're talking about pushback. Oh, yes, I did see this. Did not. You'll recall that Bette Midler, who is, has no cachet whatsoever, I don't know why she's being paid attention to, uh, it, it, uh, to, uh, to show her disgust for Joe Manchin, 
she wrote, uh, she called West Virginians poor, illiterate, and strung out in a tweet after Joe Manchin refused to support Biden's Build Back Better Act. Right. So the governor of West Virginia, uh, who is he? The printer cut it off. Abe Lincoln. (laughs) Benjamin Franklin. Rook, who's the governor of West Virginia? Wendell Smith. He's a 70-year-old Republican governor, and he ended his televised State of the State address Thursday. Jim Justice. Jim Justice. Uh, he ended his State of the State address Thursday night last night by lifting up his English bulldog and flashing its rear end to the cameras in crowd. Baby dog tells Bette Midler and all those out there, kiss her hiney, Justice huh. said, grinning as people applauded and some gave him a standing ovation. I think that's, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's, it's uncouth. <laughs> it's uncouth. <laughs> right. But you know what? Somebody's got to tell these people to we don't be quiet. Yeah. We don't kiss my dog's butt. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was fantastic. He held up the dog and said, Bet Miller, you can kiss my dog's hiney. So, congratulations to, to, to Mr. Justice. That's fantastic. So, did we solve the Neil Young argument? No. No. Because that was no. just when it was getting good, you cut it off. <laughs> you wanted the squealing tires, didn't you, Kenny? Why don't you want to hear both sides of the story? Why do you put so much trust in one side? <laughs> No, I, I'm serious. What happened to let's let's listen to both sides? Do you will do you ever listen? Who to are you the, talking to? You the, the, do you the ever whole... listen to the Brett and Heather podcast? I and haven't he... listened to that yet, even though you've told me too many times. I have seen tweets of his that I thought were a little off base. Well, based on what? Brett's. Well, just because you're smarter you know. than him. No, not at all. Remember, at all. remember, boys. This began with a simple observation that there are many of us who think that Neil Young would have been on the side of Joe Rogan 50 years ago. It was that I, simple but, of a debate. But, but, see, and I don't agree with that. All right, all right. You don't agree with that because you find Neil Young being heartfelt in his views of the uh, efficacy of the vaccine. Yes, right. and so I don't think he's going to take the other side just for the sake of taking the other side. Well, but you would think... Whether, whether the government agrees with it or not. Yeah, but what the side he would be taking by defending Joe Rogan is the side of freedom of speech. And he's telling, he said to Spotify, it's either me or him. And it took Spotify 22 seconds to figure that out. He actually, if you read the letter, did not say it's either either me or him. How would I have read the letter? Because it was printed everywhere. It was printed everywhere online. The letter that he put on his, he actually put it on his website. Mm. Basically, he just said, he just said, I want my music off there. He didn't say it's him or me. He said, you know, I want my music off there. All right. That's all. all. What we know, John, and I don't understand why you of all people are so, what we know is what the government tells us and what they tell us we should know, and they completely disregard everything else. Well, unwilling to listen to anybody. There's also a lot of scientists who aren't affiliated with the government telling us things also. But and I just, think the greater number of them would, uh, you know, be on the other side of the coin. But I think what a lot of us are saying is, can we make the decision on our own? Do we have to have well, the, it, the government and the media gang up on us and tell us what to do and enforce these things on us? Well, how else are you going to make a decision? You're going to have to make your own decision, right? Well, I would hope so, but they won't let. They're not letting us at this point. Well, for me, it was, not, for me, it was much us. more simple. It was I, I'm. Easily imagining the day when Neil Young and his ilk 
would have said, get the man, get the establishment, you know, and, and, and that's all Rogan is doing, is getting the man and getting the establishment. I think all, and here Neil Young is saying, I don't want my music played on uh, Spotify. I think all, Joe, all, all Rogan was doing was listening to another side of the argument, yeah. something that a lot of people in this country, looking at you, my friend, uh, well, are unwilling to do. The the latest clip I saw of Joe Rogan, and we talked about this, was a doctor on with him who gave him some facts that he thought were incorrect. <laughs> His guy checked the facts and said, oh, yeah, the doctor's right. And Rogan said, no, I don't think that's true. I don't believe it. So that's, you know, don't you think maybe that's where Neil Young is coming from with Rogan? I think what people need to do when they're going to make judgments about Rogan is listen to the whole program and not three three-minute clips. Well, the other thing you learn is if you want 5 million listeners or 10 million listeners, you got to use an extraordinary, uh, uh, extraordinary amount of profanity, and you have to take outlandish views on things. <laughs> are you willing and able <laughs> to do that? <laughs> you know, and here we are falling into the trap of promoting yeah. Joe Rogan. Oh, we're talking about <laughs> uh, Well, did you see the latest? What he said numbers? this week? No, this what no, he said what he this said? week. Go ahead. You can't, you can't call people black unless they're from Africa. <laughs> Who said what? that? Rogan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Peterson on, and uh, they mm. started talking about uh, I think people uh, of color, and he I said, well, what, nobody should be called black except people uh, who are from Africa. I think what a lot of Joe is doing is this. Casting, mm-hmm. oh, letting definitely. it drop three seconds, okay. and then slowly reeling. I got an email definitely. from, from yeah. Todd Most who definitely. thinks that uh, Young leaving Spotify is simply so he can sell his catalog. But he's well, already, he's sold, already half sold his catalog. Yeah, he sold 50% of it last year. Yeah. And couldn't he so, do that even if it was I have still no idea. You know, one of the stones, though, that we did leave unturned yesterday in regards to this you know, highly debated topic is <laughs> he married Daryl Hannah, and so we need Rookie's review on the movie Splash. Splash was uh, an unbelievably uh, well-put-together movie <laughs> that was almost a documentary-like of this mermaid that shows up. In the middle of New York City, uh, Tom Hanks falls in love with this mermaid. Meanwhile, the guy I can't mention is dropping coins to look up women's uh, skirts. I forgot about that part. It all ends well. You need a guy you can't mention. Well, they were... They were a produce suppliers, and the big big fella, the younger brother that I'm not supposed to mention, didn't know whether they sold. Fruit and vegetables are just fruit. Aren't you confusing that with trading places? No. 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 Wait, really? You're going to question Rookie's Rookie? knowledge of the movie Splash? Rookie, you SOB. I was good and crabby, and now it's all gone. <laughs> I hate you so much. That's days. the effect that can have on people. You know, it's kind of interesting. It all, uh, it all ended well, though. I was uh, really, you know, I was genuinely uh, P.O. Levy was a, uh, was a doctor, uh-huh. and... <laughs> Yeah, these two morons Candy that were help of him. There you he, go. He Thank was, you, John. John Candy. Candy. He was in it. But Eugene Levy steals the show when uh, you know, he's trying well, to stop a, a tank. Like he's got the I, arm thing. No more arguing out of Kenny today. <laughs> I'm now happy. Well, you know, let me point something out to you. I, did, I thought I did a great job of avoiding. I didn't even say his name. You did, yeah. Come on, the water's fine. <laughs> because I'm... I'm... <laughs> Poor guy died. At- <laughs> you, know, you know, this is this is what kills me. Oh. For 25 years, you've mentioned two movies to the point where I said you're fired if you mention them. So you can't mention Eddie Murray. <laughs> Eddie, Murray. Murphy. Eddie Murray. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Baltimore. Right. Eddie and Murray you can't mention person. John Candy. So then, I, because I'm faithful to you, I watched your auditions on Twin Cities Live. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And that. the movies came up, and you sounded like... Uh, 
uh, a scholar. You, well, in uh, in Aerodite, Steel Magnolias, yeah. they were weeping. Yes, and, and, such and, a tear. And, and, and I'm thinking, you, you've been lying to me. You've been lying to me. I have not been lying yeah. to you. I've been I've been telling you the truth, and actually, no. I haven't been. I think I've been stifled. They are wonderful movies, and He's turning it on Joe. Most of the people that listen to these, <laughs> Joe, do you hate this country? What What's is, wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and let you badmouth America. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, today we God, I love you. Today we have our experiment later in the show. Who makes a better president, rookie or Joe Biden? And who makes a better vice president, rookie or Kamala Harris? I'll give you something to think about. Uh, supposed to be off the cuff, but... Uh, Scott is predicting, uh, Scott Kowalowski, he's predicting that Hillary is our president by summer. And here's how it would happen. Hmm. President Biden selects his VP to fill the Supreme Court justice position. That would be Kamala Harris. The VP resigns as VP to fill the Supreme Court position. God help us. Biden then selects Hillary to become his new VP. No. Hmm. Biden then resigns due no. to health reasons. Hillary becomes <laughs> president. Wow. But Is any three of the—they're uh, all the same thing, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so— but, we, we should actually hope for that so Bill can get back in the White House and start trolling <laughs> interns. That's true. That's Wait, true. now, is that how it works? That I don't know that that's how it works. I don't know the if, if he, of the house. he can appoint Kamala, but I'm not sure he can then go out into the public and say, I want you as my vice president. I think the Speaker of the House goes into that role yeah. if the vice president yeah. is gone. None of the three are worse than the other. They're all the same. Uh, it's like may, a Sesame Street thing. May I be the dum-dum here? Why not? When was the last time <laughs> a vice president has been replaced? Uh, or ha or has that ever happened? It always happens yes. in elections, doesn't it? Uh, no, I meant outside of an Agnew? election. I, I'm, Agnew? Uh, I, I don't know who Gerald yeah. Ford, probably, right? Because the, he had to pick one after he after Nixon resigned, Gerald Ford became president, and then Nelson Rockefeller became vice president. Right. But I don't yeah. remember how. I don't remember how either. Does the, party, say, who does the cares? party? Who cares? Who cares? Where's Play the party? party? Who cares? Hold Wait, on. Where's the party? Was Agnew the, the original VP and then he didn't run again? How'd that work? Nattering nabobs of he, negativity. I believe that Agnew was. Didn't he end up uh, being charged? I think he was before in jail the first, or something. Yeah, before the first term was yeah. out, he was charged with. Uh, we Stuff. talked about the uh, Southwest Light Rail and its cost overruns. Oh boy, uh, it, it's it's getting. Quite the uh, bipartisan support to to examine this disaster. A bipartisan coalition of the state legislature on Thursday demanded an audit of the Southwest Light Rail Line project. Only a day after officials announced that the largest public infrastructure project in Minnesota history is ballooning in cost and will open four years later than planned. Southwest Light Rail is a boondoggle <sighs> of historic proportions said Senator Scott Newman, Republican Hutchinson, in a statement. Words barely capture what a monumental disaster this has been. Newman, chair of the Senate Transportation Finance and Policy Committee, said a bill calling for an audit of the line will receive an early hearing in the Transportation Committee this year. Senator Scott Dibble, DFL Minneapolis, said Thursday that he will introduce legislation calling for an inquiry as well. So it's got great bipartisan support. Dibble, the ranking minority member of the Transportation Committee, called Southwest travel a swelling budget and timeline jaw-dropping and appalling, but not surprising. So hmm. we've got both sides of the aisle 
worked up enough to do something about this. They're all saying, hold up. Where's the money? Well, wait a minute. We've got so many areas where money's disappearing. Uh, for example, the food fraud charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll yeah. get more on that in a moment. Those guys donated heavily to Jacob Fry's campaign. You're kidding. No, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> the full-fledged review of the Southwest Light Rail Transit Line would be uh, done by the Legislative Auditor's Office, a process that can take up to a year. Those supporters expressed hope it could be expedited. The state watchdog released a limited review of Southwest operations last fall uh, that was conducted at the behest of Dibble and represent, Representative Frank Hornstein, DFL Minneapolis. Uh, these people, uh, they'd have no final number for what this thing's going to cost. They're not going to get it done on time, and the price just keeps going up and up and up. Other than that. For a rail line that really, really we don't need. No, and but I keep saying I know, this. You're no the, one you're out the there wants this. You're the targeted user, and you have no interest in it. None, and no, nor does anybody else that lives in that area. They're, they are all applauding the fact that this isn't going to be happening for another four years. Scott from Invergrove, never afraid and always pushing back, uh, wrote, It should come as no surprise that the Southwest Corridor is ballooning with cost overruns and now a completion delay. After all, it's not the Metropolitan Council's or the general contractor's dollars. It's yours and mine. I have firsthand experience with how the dollars can be squandered, having provided financing for one of the many subcontractors working on the project. As is customary, the subcontractor is awarded a contracted dollar amount for the services they will provide. However, the subcontractors are also provided generous monthly stipends for new vehicle purchases that are being used while rendering their services on the project. Where eyebrows should raise is when these generous monthly vehicle stipends are well above the actual monthly payments made by the subcontractor to the lender for the truck loans. Instead of making the subcontractor show what they are actually paying to the lender each month, they simply offer a set reimbursement amount. So let's say the monthly stipend is four grand a month, but the subcontractor is only paying twenty five hundred a month to the lender. The difference is pocketed by the subcontractor. Additionally, upon completion of the contract, the vehicles are the property of the subcontractor and not returned to the Met Council, nor are they required to be sold, returning the proceeds from the sale back to the taxpayer. The estimated construction cost has been increased now to $2.7 billion for roughly 14.5 miles of rail. To put some GL perspective into what we all knew would be an outlandish boondoggle, that $2.7 billion price tag translates into just over $3,000 per inch. So when you are writing wow. out the check, so when you are writing out the check that I will also be writing out April fifteenth, know that the money is not being spent wisely, but just another example of hard-earned money being taken from those who work for it and spent by those who didn't. Hmm. Three grand an inch. Wow. How much? It's more expensive than Vegas. Some pay more, some pay less. Oh. I guess right now. <laughs> I guess. That's just an average, though. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Could I please? Yes. You sophomores. Yes, yes, you wise yes, fools. Yeah. Could I please finish the point? <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. I guess what we have to root for now is the state auditor. That's where the buck has to stop. Right. And we just lost as a Jim Nobles state auditor. It was a good one for years, and I think he retired. I, I'm apologetic to say I don't know. Who is the current state auditor of Minnesota? Already looking it up. All right. But that's where this is going to end up on his desk. And something has to happen here. Somebody's got to pay the 
Piper. Watch it, Reavers. Watch three, it. 3,000 times 9 is 27,000. Julie Blaha is the uh, office of the uh, Minnesota State Auditor. <laughs> huh? Julie Blaha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd make about 60 grand. Oh, God. Oh, wow. That's respectable. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. I, I, I mean, I'd like to see that Honest amount. Honest to God. Aren't you ashamed That's worth of yourself. taking a look at that. Oh, Lord. Honest to God, please. Say, I, I do have this information, Joe. I know you're not interested, but I know everybody else is. Yeah. The the president would nominate somebody to be vice president. So in your your case there, he'd nominate Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Then the Senate and the House have to vote on right. it. Right. Oh, and I'm and sure that they, would go smoothly. That would, that would be split. <laughs> If and, they okay it, uh, yeah. then, uh, and then after Spiro left, uh, <laughs> I did see that he was appointed. Uh, Gerald Ford was appointed vice president, and then became president after Nixon left. So he was he got president and vice president without being elected, right? And and it, and that remained so because he didn't get elected. Correct. And yeah, Agnew had a uh, Agnew had a fascinating post uh, career. This guy. Uh, I don't know. This guy was pretty corrupt. Spiro, wow. What a name. Yeah. And he, Extremely from what corrupt. I can tell, he really, really hated the Jews. Really hated well, them. Well, what he really hated was the media, and he called them nattering nabobs the of negativity. Of negativity. Yeah. yeah, but he was in bed with a, a bunch of uh, ooh, a bunch of shady characters. Uh, might we take a, a pause, please? Sure. Uh, because I'm going to have to wring everybody's neck. Come on. <laughs> GLers, it's Reavers here for Everest Men's Health. How about in the new year? One of the things you can focus on is better health. Are you experiencing any of the following? Maybe a lack of energy, a decrease in strength or endurance, decrease in enjoyment of just life in general, or libido? Call my friends at Everest Men's Health. Whether it's a deterioration in your work performance or just feeling sleepiness after dinner, are you just tired of feeling exhausted? You see, when your health suffers, oftentimes other areas of your life are going to suffer as well. But with Everest Men's Health, that all can change. I'm living proof. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every area important to a man's overall health, which allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of health. Now's the time to come to Everest and take the first steps towards realizing your best health possible. Contact them today to schedule a $50 testosterone check that includes a complete body composition screening and a consultation with one of their health medical experts. They have three fantastic clinics ready to help you out with your overall health. In Woodbury, Plymouth, and Egan. Or just go on line right now to everestmenshealth.com and get started today. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Uh Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Inventions uh, playing. <laughs> oh, no, no. Look, GLers, uh, I want to talk about the best jobs available in the Twin Cities coming this spring, and it's with one of GL's longest-running partners, ProTurf. Uh, ProTurf continues to grow. They've been one of the more uh, exceptional independent lawn application providers here in the Twin Cities for at least 40 years now strong. Uh, and if you have experience in the green industry, I'm talking turf applications, golf course work, landscape, or a degree in horticulture, or any of the related fields, you're the kind of person that ProTurf is looking for. Or even if you have a strong interest in working outdoors, ProTurf is willing to train and license you to get your career started in the industry. If you like Minnesota summer days, working independent and on your own with flexible hours, 
uh, you're going to get full benefits, paid vacation, paid holidays, 401k, just to name a few. You're going to love ProTurf. They're a hell of a company. I've known and talked to a bunch of employees. They're they're all very happy. And here's here's the selling point that I love, and I actually might talk to Dave and get signed up. You earn a production bonus on top of great pay. So if you're confident in your skills, you, your work ethics are good, you can also get weekly bonuses based on your performance. And as a matter of fact, most of ProTurf staff – they earn bonuses every two weeks. Uh, they offer, yeah, that's pretty good, Damn, man. I'll take it. 12-month compensation with snowplow services in the winter, flexible time off. I'm talking serious long-term jobs here, GLers, not just the part-time work. 70% of their current team, they've been with ProTurf for more than 10 years, and uh, you can get a sign-on bonus uh, for individuals if you have your current applicator's license. Uh, sign-on bonus of anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, how do you get a hold of them? It's really easy. Um, pro well, professionalturf.com. That'll be the quickest. Uh, you can also find them on Indeed.com or call directly nine five two four six nine eighty six eighty. Again, nine five two four six nine eighty six eighty, and get up, uh, get set up with a great new career at ProTurf. Men named in the Feeding Our Future investigation of a defrauding the federal government out of tens of millions of dollars donated to the Fry campaign, oh. according to records. Uh, not much can be gleaned from that. That doesn't mean that Fry was part of the scam, but what it does mean is presumably uh, six of the men named in the warrant donated a grand each to Fry's 2021 re-election campaign. What I'm assuming that means is that that was stolen money. Yep. And mm -hmm. and uh, who's investigating this? Federal investigators believe the nonprofit organization Feeding Our Future uh, def defrauded the U.S. government of millions of dollars intended to feed lower-income children across Minnesota, which was not being done. In the search warrant, FBI investigators named Safari uh, Restaurant and Event Center owners and affiliates, including 20 individuals who are suspected of fraudulently collecting millions through Feeding Our Future, and it laid out a network of shell companies spending on items like a $2.8 million Minneapolis mansion, a $950,000 home in Plymouth, and an $87,000 pickup truck, and on and on and on. Mm. Well, is this going to disappear? Keith, is Keith Ellison interested? We learned that his office uh, no longer acknowledges them as a charity, right? They put the kibosh on that. Well, that should be enough then, right? Well, yeah, that's what, it. What the hell is this? Who's going to continue to... None, nobody's been arrested. I find that hard to believe. That's major fraud. Well, it's all alleged. Right. It's alleged. Well, uh, but... Well, alleged which is why by, we need to investigate. But alleged by the FBI. <laughs> None of the men named in the warrant has been charged with any criminal activity related to feeding our future. The donations listed in campaign disclosure filings have not been alleged to violate any state or federal laws. Okay. I thought it was the FBI, wasn't it? Yeah, it, the it FBI. was, yeah. yeah. But, but these, well, I'll just, I guess I'll have to keep this like I'm keeping other things to, to watch. That to folder's see if it getting happens. a little thick, isn't it? Well, what in the God's name is going on here? Did I have a, an email pertaining to this? Uh, no, just a minute. Is it over there? Oh, I got a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. 
Joe, the spending you talked about yesterday with Walls' $5 billion for kids and the cost overrun for the Southwest Light Rail Transit Project only made me wonder what portion of that money will be going to honest causes or possibly no way to stop it at all. The feeding our future fraud, however alleged, and the rampant 100 million daycare fraud before that show us a system of blind giving with no accountability. And even if concern is raised, the checks and balances have no way to actually stop the fraud in a timely fashion. The sheer absurdity of the numbers is staggering. For example, the Safari restaurant at one point claimed to be feeding 5,000 meals to kids daily. Think Tech Act, a.k.a. Mind Foundry Foundation, operated by Mahmoud Ibrahim, which reportedly received over $16 million last year after claiming to have fed 160,660 kids, 666 kids at a, a day at 10 locations. In 2020, Feeding Our Future uh, accessed $40 million of federal money and distributed it to dozens of nonprofits, which collectively fed 175,000 uh, children in Minnesota each day under 18. The population is around the under 18 population is around 1.3 million. So they claim they were feeding more than 10% of our kids daily, 24/7, and they expanded exponentially in 2021. None of it passes the test. It's not reasonable. Who was protecting the public? And if the fraud itself was not bad enough, despite the Minnesota Department of Education identifying the abnormal numbers in the summer of 2020 and in November 2020 halting payments, our judicial system ordered them to continue payments, and it's only being stopped well over a year later. Without the over-the-top numbers, who is to say they would have ever been caught? And given how easy it was to get that money, why should we have any belief that every government program isn't littered with low-level fraud here and there that adds up? The nonchalant way this money was given out is insulting to taxpayers and a massive betrayal of the public trust. They need to do better, and people other than the fraudsters themselves need to feel real consequences. Hmm. Daniel wrote that. Uh, he's absolutely right. We're poorly served, which has become a recurring theme of, of life in Gumption County. We're poorly, well, we're not poorly served in Gumption County. No. No. But Liberal Lakes, Diversityville, they're yeah. out. Poorly Euphoria, served. you're getting really, really poorly served. So let's save this article and find out if any of these alleged fraudsters will ever suffer any consequences. Well, it's you, inconceivable that they could not. You are poorly served in Gumption County when any one of us four speak. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, another yes. way, that's another way to uh, to look at it. <laughs> and I do want to point out uh, Reavers gas or electric stove. Uh, at home. Uh, you got a 50-50 shot, just like I had. Once. I have an electric, sorry. Rook? Electric. Johnny Height? Gas. Kenny? Electric. I'm gas, so uh, Height and I are, are polluting the world because yeah. we, we now learn that gas-burning stoves. Get Where's the we don't know that? Have that ready, please. Or today's environmental statistic. Uh, we don't yeah. know that. Do we still have today's environmental Monica. statistic? Uh-huh. The gas-burning stoves. Here's today's <laughs> environmental statistic. Production Timing. quality is high. Timing is Timing. everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Want to get it ready again? Okay. But yep. don't hit it. <laughs> okay. But be the, ready. The gas-burning stoves loved by cooks leak so much methane across the U.S. Here's um, today's no. environmental <laughs> statistic. Uh, How much methane do they leak? Oh. 
uh, that they have the same impact on our atmosphere as a half a million cars, according to a Stanford University study. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> Here's today's environmental statistic. I guess it leaks. They leak. Hmm. Hmm. Well, wouldn't that be hazardous to live inside the home? Yeah, then? I've had a gas stove for a long time. Everything's fine. Uh, as far as you know. Yeah. As far as I know. Uh, it can trigger asthma and other breathing problems. Oh, no one on. in the house has asthma. You uh, do. We don't I know do. that. Yeah, but you have electric. But I had electric. Yeah, so you're, you're but good. I grew up with a gas stove. So There's that, your asthma. Hmm. There's oh, your ad. Okay, yes, maybe. No, I think it's because mom put down a pack of Marlboros a day when uh... <laughs> the study measured methane levels in 53 California home kitchens Love sealed you, off with plastic sheeting. Found that old and new stoves alike leak the gas, with 76 percent of the emissions happening uh, while the appliances are not being used. Hmm. Well, I've never detected any leakage. No, me neither. Yeah. I'd go to the doctor right away if you do. I tell you, when when I'm <laughs> lifting strenuously, I'm getting to the age where just a little bit, you know. Leakage? I don't know. I, I think it, maybe it's because I'm so fat. I don't know. <laughs> well, there goes that story. This has yeah. been my favorite show of the year. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's pointless. Oh, you know, I feel really sorry huh? for you. It's, it's, it's just pointless. Believe me, me, it shocks me, too. Yeah. I wasn't ready for it. Leakage? Right. <laughs> Nobody told me it was going to happen. Right. Oh. Well, I don't think it's been happening with me. You never know. <laughs> I think you would. Well. I think you would. <laughs> Sometimes. It would exacerbate breathing problems. Uh, exacerbate is one of your, screw that word. I. <laughs> you don't like big words, do you? Big word. You can, you, you, can, you can do regular words for us common people. Why don't we do, do uh, exacerbate John Heights news? Yes. Why okay. don't we? I'm gonna be over here exacerbating. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hoffman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. How many of those hoople heads who raced the 1975 Winnipeg uh, to St. Paul 500, uh, not only did they have spindles and spark plugs and everything else in their in their pockets, you suppose they carried some sea foam oh, along the way? Oh, sure. <laughs> they would have needed it. Yeah. The they snow was it. blowing, bouncing right off their chest, right into the carb, freezing yep. solid. There's stories of guys putting their hands into the carb and yep. pulling ice out. 
uh, and dumping sea foam in, and then that you know sea foam's been around since I don't know dinosaurs roamed the earth, so uh, <laughs> it was definitely available them. Uh, it's good stuff, and they make a lot of products these days. Seafoam top engine cleaner—that's my favorite carb cleaner. That'll clean your jets out. Um, there's a bug be gone thing. Um, God. Wouldn't it be nice if we had bugs right now? Um, The engine additive, of course. (laughs) He wants warm weather. I want warm weather, Matthew. I I don't like this Winnipeg 500 race uh, weather. Uh, the en- engine additive, though, that's that's the stuff we've all been using for years and years and years. It's designed for cleaning the parts of your engine, uh, like intake valves and carb- uh, carburetor passageways and everything that gets gummed up and gross. Proven, trusted, and available the world over from Winnipeg to St. Paul. <laughs> Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Seafoam. Joe. Really quick, really quick. Uh, you mentioned the Winnipeg 500. Huge shout out to a loyal GLer and uh, frequent contributor Dan Winnesota that oh, yeah. sent those clips. Thank you uh, from your uh, co- coverage of that race you. way back when. Nice. You uh, you used to really have it together, buddy. <laughs> wow, you could flat out right, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. This stuff is huh. fun, John. You'd you love know, this too. You're too old and decrepit, no. but that. That sounds like something you would have enjoyed oh, doing. Oh, yes, 100%, so, Kenny. He bought a brand-new Snowjet 19, in 1975. Who did? My dad, um, and he worked for Snowjet and then um, a couple of other dealerships. But I really thought that he was going to turn me loose on that, and yeah. I really, really, really wanted to go cross-country racing. That yeah. was my deal. I didn't care about ovals so much. But I would go out. We had a local racer in town, Todd Elmer, and we would go out when snowmobile trails just started coming into being mm-hmm. and nobody was riding them, Elmer and I would go out and just bang off each other and have the greatest time in the whole world. Uh, but uh, the parents shut that down. Yeah, and now you hate winter because you've come to your senses. Here's John Height. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. An investigation is underway after police say they found two people dead inside a Crystal home late Thursday night. According to Crystal Police, officers were called to the home on the 5100 block of 49th Avenue North at about 11.40 p.m. They found two people inside, a 62-year-old woman and a 73-year-old woman. At this time, police say it's being investigated as a murder-suicide, but they are still gathering details. Police say they don't think there's any danger to the public. They aren't looking for anyone. If you have any information about the case, you're asked to call the department's tip line. Former Minneapolis City Council member Philippe Cunningham might have violated the city's ethics code when he deleted an official Facebook post in August. The original post discussed a Fourth Ward auto body shop allegedly violating its business license, and a lot of critical comments came flooding in. A lot defended the small business, but others blasted Cunningham's response to crime in the community. One commenter employed a racial slur and called Northside High School's pointless. Testifying before the city's ethical practices board this week, Cunningham said he deleted the post because he thought the form had become too volatile and a potential liability for the city. Now, the problem with that is the city's social media policy says that posts made on council members' official Facebook pages are public records and city property. Software called Archive Social automatically copies content posted to the city's social media pages, indicates whenever something in the archive is no longer publicly available. Policy violations are referred to the Ethics Board. Uh, Cunningham was elected in 2017, but he left the council after he lost the November election this past November. Uh, so actually, if they do find he was an heir, there's not a lot they can do. Right, about really so doesn't. in addition to where, everything else we have to pay for, we got to provide these screwballs with a Facebook account? 
Well, I, it's I, I don't think it would cost anything. I don't know, Mr. Cunningham. Uh, do, <laughs> you for, re- do you no, have any? Do you have any response to those allegations? This. I can't hear this again. Role is no, be- I can't hear that. <laughs> We're finally done with that. Going away, person. <laughs> yes, pronoun. Oh yeah, I was supposed to delete that, wasn't yeah. it? No, Anton, okay. one, one day closer. Yeah. Anton Lazaro, the Minnesota GOP strategist charged last year with sex trafficking of minors, is arguing in court filing he's being singled out for prosecution because of his wealth and public profile and that the case against him should be dismissed. Lazaro also argued in the motion filed in U.S. District Court this week that he was not paying females for sex, but merely giving them expensive presents before they, quote, hooked up. Prosecutors have yet to file a motion in response to Lazaro's arguments as for why the case should be thrown out. The 31-year-old Minneapolis entrepreneur, whose political ties sent a shockwave throughout the Minnesota GOP after he was arrested, faces 10 charges related to the trafficking of minors and obstruction of justice. In lengthy testimony in August, Minneapolis police officer Brandon Brueger described a conspiracy in which Lazaro paid underage girls for sex in cash and groomed them with presents like Prada purses, alcohol, vape pens, and cell phones. Jeez. It didn't seem like one of those were any nice prizes, did they? Maybe the private purses. In Wisconsin, a Rice Lake man will spend two years on probation in connection with a crash into a buggy that killed an Amish teen. 41-year-old Anthony Anderson pleaded guilty in Barron County Court to a misdemeanor count of second offense drunken driving. He was originally charged with felony counts of homicide by intoxicated use of a vehicle and causing injury by operating while intoxicated. But... Barron County District Attorney Brian Wright said a plea agreement was reached with the amended charge out of respect for the wishes of the victim's family. As conditions of probation, Anderson will have to pay a $1,400 fine, spend five days in jail, perform 80 hours of community service, not drink alcohol or enter uh, taverns, and undergo an alcohol and drug assessment and any other recommended programming or treatment. His license was revoked for one year, and he has to volunteer as a speaker if requested on a victim impact panel. Hmm. Tulane Bridge collapsed in Pittsburgh early Friday, prompting rescuers to repel nearly 150 feet, while others formed a human chain to help rescue multiple people from a dangling bus. Uh, Ten injuries in the crash. The collapse came hours before President Biden was due in the area to press for his $1 trillion infrastructure bill, which includes bridge maintenance. There were minor injuries from the collapse, no fatalities. Uh, Police reported the span on Forbes Avenue over Fern Hollow Creek in Frick Park came just before 7 a.m. Photo from the scene showed a commuter bus upright on a section of the collapsed bridge. In a statement, the White House said President Biden would proceed with his planned trip to Pittsburgh. Who was Ford Frick? Was he a baseball commissioner? He was the commissioner of the National League, I believe. I think they had different, uh, the two leagues had different presidents at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah, Ford and Frick. But was, you mentioned yeah. it was Frick Park. I wonder if Ford Frick yeah. was from Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm on it right now, bro. Sure. Uh, ben from Grand Rapids notes, it's germane to your newscast. Uh, you mean to tell me that the guy who shot the ferrets with the BB gun is being held for $20,000 and not released while felons with multiple convictions Man. that are known to be a danger to the public are released on a regular basis? Hold up. Wait, Wait a, a minute. minute. Something, Something ain't, right. ain't right. That's right. Uh, right. Ford Frick in 1934, he became the National League's public relations director, and then he was appointed as the president. It's not what I asked. He is not is from, from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Well, then he that is park from, is probably a different Frick. He is mm. probably from Wawaka, Indiana. I see. Gotcha. And uh, there's not died a, in New a York. Wawaka Park, is no, there? No, there is not. Uh, good news, bad news reports on the economy this morning. The U.S. economy growing by 5.7% in 2020. 20- 
2021. That's the fastest full-year eclipse since 1984, uh, roaring back in the pandemic's second year despite two new virus variants that rocked the country. The growth came in fits and starts, with a burst of government spending helping propel the fast start, even as a surge in new cases and deaths in the second half created additional pressures. The economy grew at a 6.9% annual rate from October to December, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, a sharp acceleration from the 2.3% in the previous quarter. Here locally, Minneapolis-based Ameriprise announced record fourth quarter earnings driven by a strong stock market and net client inflows, and Excel Energy's fourth quarter profits rose 7% over a year ago due to income tax benefits. That 7% topped expectations Wall Street had for the company. Uh, the bad news, uh, all of this growth has also brought a host of complications, helping fuel the highest inflation in 40 years, creating supply chain snarls as consumers want products are overwhelmed by the global delivery system. The park began when Henry Clay Frick, upon his death in 1919, bequeathed 151 acres south of Clayton to the city. There you go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'd forgotten all about it. So, gotcha. Thank you. Sounds like a fun park. Slightly better in 2022. Right, slightly better in 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, An unprecedented COVID-19 surge filled Minnesota hospitals this month, but doctors say we are seeing many fewer severely ill patients and a more manageable pandemic wave at the end of January. Minnesota reported more than 1,500 COVID-19 hospitalizations on Wednesday, more than 8,000 inpatient beds occupied. However, a rising share of COVID-19 patients were admitted for other reasons and their mild or asymptomatic infections were discovered upon routine screening. It appears boosters are proving protective against severe illness. Sanford Health on Tuesday reported 32 of 231 COVID-19 patients in hospitals have received boosters. Among 29 patients placed on ventilators, 23 of those are unvaccinated. Uh, Other states having a bit of a tougher time in Florida. The past seven days, the state has added 152 deaths. That's the highest seven-day death average in five months. In all, Florida has recorded 5 million confirmed COVID cases and almost 65,000 deaths. So am I supposed to get my booster shot? Do I have to, am I married to Johnson & Johnson? Or can I cross over? You You can can cross whatever you want. It's not like Ghostbusters. You can cross over the streams? Right. That's correct. Pope Francis denouncing fake news about COVID-19 and vaccines this morning, blasting what he calls the distortion of reality based on fear, and also urging that people who believe such lies should be helped to understand true scientific facts. Francis met with Catholic journalists who have formed a fact-checking network to try and combat misinformation about the pandemic. Francis has frequently called for responsible journalism that searches for the truth and respects individual uh, individuals. He said access to accurate information is a human right that must be especially guaranteed for those who are less equipped to separate misinformation and commentary masquerading as fact that is available online. Looking for some serious weather out on the East Coast this weekend. Major winter storm with the potential for hurricane-force winds and heavy snow is threatening to slam the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. The quickly intensifying winter storm could develop into a nor'easter and possibly a bomb cyclone. B as in B, S as in S. The Wild are at the Rangers tonight in Madison Square Garden. And then Sunday, they're at the island so uh, they won't have travel problems, it turns out. They can bus back and forth. What time? 7 o'clock tonight. Okay. <laughs> you sh- Holy sure? smoke! Wasn't that the bomb mm-hmm. cycle? No, that was uh, th- 
Thunder uh, snow. Thunder snow thunder in Chicago. Snow. Yeah. The uh, most uh, heavy snow is supposed to fall in eastern Massachusetts, Long Island, Rhode Island, and Cape Cod. They may be up for 24 inches of snow as the storm well, moves across wow. it's winter. the region. Is that what happens? It sometimes you, it snows in the mm-hmm. winter. Yeah. It's a song, isn't it? Sometimes it snows in April. I checked in with the uh, the current resident of Boston, and uh, he hasn't texted me back, but uh, it's 34 degrees there right now. Well, they're ripe for a little blizzard, huh? Yep. Man, being in your 20s and snowed in for a weekend, that'd be fun. (laughs) Glug, glug, glug. (laughs) Got no reason to go outside today. Several rockets landed in the Baghdad International Airport compound near an adjacent U.S. airbase, damaging at least one civilian airplane, according to Iraqi police sources. The sources did not report any other damage or injuries. The damaged aircraft was an out-of-use Iraqi Airways plane. Iraq State News Agency reported, citing the country's aviation authority, there was no disruption to travel. The U.S. airbase, known as Camp Victory, is located around the perimeter of Baghdad's civilian airport. Rocket attacks, which U.S. and some Iraqi officials blame on Iran-aligned Shiite militia groups who oppose the U.S. military presence in the region, have regularly hit the complex in recent years. You know, if in Boston, in the north end where he lives, yeah. you you can't drive a moving truck, a full-size moving truck down the streets because you're going to hit a car. It's They're wide enough, but you're going to hit a parked car that's already there. If they get 18 to 24 inches of snow, mm-hmm. you, can't, you there's nowhere to put the snow. Oh right, yeah. They're I mean they're really going to be screwed. Well, they've been dealing with that for, you know, hundreds and well, hundreds of years. They so, haul it away, Matthew. Yeah. yeah. They put it in the ocean. That's a lot of skinsters. A lot of what? Skinsters. <laughs> Those skinsters. little things they get out there in the the plowers. That's oh. what they have out there. They don't have they don't have big plows. They just got those little Skid skid let's skirts. let's let's yeah. come back and find out who makes a better president. Okay. Where are we going now? <laughs> The 31st Annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. Get ready for your first round of 2022. See all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. Nab great deals on the best golf apparel around. This is where I get my golf gloves every year. Take advantage of special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations while you're there. Plus, take lessons from the pros and be ready to own your golf game in 2022. And as an added bonus, yes, Garage Logic will broadcast live from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, Feb 18. Tickets are now on sale for just $12. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens free passes and three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick, GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, and Second Swing. Hey, Pat. Yes, Joseph. I didn't read everything about Quasi uh, Adolfo. Quasi. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, but everything I did read didn't answer the questions I want answered. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what were those? What were those? Uh, how did he have this amazing life? Was he born in uh, this country? Uh, how did his parents uh, decide to come to this country? Uh, it sounds like he was. Uh, he's had a very successful life from birth. 
Yes, I was kind of wondering the same thing. I was not there. Uh, we uh, wonder if anybody, somebody will write a biographical piece on him. If he, he might have, you know, it might be third generation for all we know. That's unlikely, but uh, grew up in Cherry I, Hill, I, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So he might have been. He might have been born here. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I was wondering the same thing. I'm sure uh, the newspapers and everybody else are working on actual profiles on the guy. Yeah, well, he sounds like an interesting cat, that's for sure. He is. He has got that new world sports-slash-business jargon down. I yeah. think they all do. Yep. My favorite one now is, Joe, intentional decisions. We are making intentional decisions. <laughs> what other kind As are there? As opposed to? <laughs> As opposed to, well, I looked it up. You can look it up. Yeah. It's capitalized. I looked up Corpse Speak 2022 okay. Intentional Decisions, and it's a whole long litany. Basically, it's you're being presented a lot of choices, and then you intentionally choose one. I That's guess. usually yeah. the way it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, I always I said, you know, when I had that one last tangerine 50 years ago, that yeah. was an intentional decision. That's right. Intentional <laughs> that wasn't a good one, but it was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> who will, who will he bring in here, it. do you think? As a coach? Yeah. I'm betting on D'Amico Ryan, yep. the 37-year-old from uh, from uh, San, Francisco. San Francisco defensive coordinator. They can't name him until next week because they got the championship game this week. But they're, they're apparently tight from his days out there. And I'll take this guy because I was reading the story about his mom. Yeah. His mom, like, worked at a car boundary she used to pick up engines and grind them and stuff like that just a <laughs> tough gal and then go to church it's uh it's a great story and you know what he did that uh adolfo mensa did what he played football yeah, that's right he uh was an all-american in alabama a really good player and uh 37 years old, and why not? You know, mm-hmm. what the heck? It sounded like, Pat, you were going to say she worked at the hatchery. Yeah. <laughs> no, she didn't work at the hatchery. It's some kind of a... She, she used to pick up 100-pound objects and grind them against the saw. Wow. wow. For, for like 10 or 15 years. Got the tips of two fingers cooked, cut off and basically oh. went in and got them. Got got a little tape put on him and went back out to work. Well, she probably went to Paul's Prothesis Palace. <laughs> bought a couple fingers. Got a couple fingers. Finger L is aisle seven, ma'am. Who is this coach? D'Amico Ryan's defensive D'Amico, coordinator for the 49ers. D-E-M-E-C-O Ryan. Ryan with an S on the end of it. He played at Alabama and was a good player. And uh, I don't know if that's it. They added today a guy named Patrick Graham, who was a coach with the Giants. He's he, they they say he comes from the Belichick tree, which it hasn't been that good. He hasn't been with the Patriots, I think, since 2015. But he doesn't. <laughs> he wants to deny that he's been with the Giants. Right? <laughs> Does this guy really pronounce his first name Quazy? Yes. Quazy. Yeah. Quazy. Well, the other option, you don't want to do that with a football job. Queasy. You don't want to be Queasy. No, you don't. Want, you could be Quessy. I would rather Quessy. be Quazy than Queasy. Uh. <laughs> He's got some lingo, man, that uh, sent us non-college graduates running to the uh, running to the dictionary to look up. Well, you even sure. went to the corporate dictionary. Oh. 
Yeah, well, and then there's another one. Tabula Raza. Did you hear that one? No. Even a college graduate, you haven't heard of Tabula Raza. No. Tabula Raza means, uh, I looked it up, a clean slate, basically. Oh. But uh, he threw that in, in a different, in a previous story. I saw that in a quote. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> So it's a it's a different world for sure. Does not, I don't think he'll be taking all the sports writers and the coaching staff out for drinks and dinner the night before a game on the road like Finch used to, right? No, that's an old tradition that died a long time ago. <laughs> well, it died a long time ago. Uh, the famous aptly named Ed Martini, yep, <laughs> who was the lawyer, he was there and uh, woke up and. And had his face on his plate. Yep. And, uh, was 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 uh, one of the famous. That was a Fink's uh, gathering, and uh, we w- we won't have those with uh, Queasy. I don't, I don't think so. Not Quasi. 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 Yep. This is going to be very hard. I was hoping that Adolfo was a uh, middle name. Yeah. So we could just get away with Mensa, but it's a hyphenated deal. So. Right. Here's my question. Okay. Was Mensa part of his name always, or did it, when he turned out so damn smart that his parents just slapped it on the end there? <laughs> well, those are the kind of things I want to know. Yes, right. Yeah, Say, you're Wilder at the Rangers tonight, and I was thinking, man, they'll never get home. A big storm headed that way, but it turns out they're at the island on Sunday, so they don't really have any travel needs. Okay, they just got to get on a bus. On a, to bus and make their way out there. Huh? Pat, what, can you uh, imagine a bunch of hockey players snowed in in New York City for a weekend? How long? Uh, what's their latest no. streak now? They won four or five four? in a row, right? I think it's yeah. four, isn't it? But the Rangers are a very good club. Plus, so. aren't they putting somebody in the Hall of Fame tonight at Madison Square Garden? I don't know. I thought I thought I read that. I, I don't did know. not see that. I don't know. Are you well, watching I, any of the golf tournament? No, not yet, but I probably want a field. Huh? They got the great field. Here's how powerful the NFL is. They started this farmer's insurance on Wednesday because they don't want to go against the games on Sunday. Oh, it's it's Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah, huh? I didn't yeah. know that. The cut has been made. I was up last night watching the doll to see if he could uh, hang on in Australia, and he did make the finals. And uh, uh, he's only 36. I thought he was like 50. Yeah. <laughs> Forever, he's been around a long time. He was uh, that one. That one. Those guys are amazing. No, that one had to take like three and a half hours for yeah. four sets. It's unbelievable. I don't. I don't get how they do it, man. Any word on whether we're going to have a spring training on time? No, not on time. Yeah, it will not be on time. But I think by the middle of March they will. They're at least talking to each other, which is always a good sign. And one the owners gave up one thing, the players gave up another. It's uh, it's possible that uh, they'll start, uh, you know, in in middle of March have a maybe a one week week delay in the season. Then they can push it back and have the World Series in the middle of November. That's right. <laughs> you're over the you're over the COVID, huh? I got uh, we tested clean. Yep. Uh I tested clean on Monday and the bride tested uh clean two days ago. So we got three vaxes and natural immunity. You're good to go. <laughs> oh hell I can go to 
I can go to a COVID convention and be fine. <laughs> Spring break, here I come. COVID convention. <laughs> but did you see, by the way, there's a new one that popped up in Sweden? Yeah, we yeah. got a new one. Yeah. Yep. What are we calling it? Uh, Omicron Junior, I think. <laughs> but it's not bad. It, it's it's the equivalent of getting the walking farts. Yeah, it, it's, it's not a big deal. <laughs> we'll talk to you live on Monday. Kenny, I got to tell you, Kenny, I told you, every hangover I ever had in the 70s was worse than Omicron. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'll see you Monday. Ken is worse for you than Omicron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to be back with our presidential experiment. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Uh, it's a proven fact. I'm not telling you anything. You already know it. Everybody in America knows that the Liberty Safe uh, is the number one safe, the best safe in America, Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Uh, that's the ba- best place in the metro to pick up a Liberty Safe. Uh, yeah, made in the United States of America using materials only procured from the United States of America. God bless America. Uh, Liberty recently reintroducing the very popular Franklin model. Uh, but even better than that, Rich, the Rich, the owner of Maple Grove Lock and Safe, he's got over 140 safes in stock right now to protect our stuff. He's the matchmaker. He's a people person. He'll say hi to you and sit around and listen to your lame stories. And then he's going to make sure you get the best unit uh, for your money. Uh, people person. Yep. Uh, here's what you do. First of all, go to the website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Check everything out. Take the uh, test. There's a test on there from Liberty Safe that kind of matches you up with the best safe for your needs. Then take that information, armed with that information, you go to Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. You meet Rich, and you talk to him about it, and he will send you home happy. Again, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Uh, Reavers, will start with uh, Vice President. Okay. Uh, sir, uh, Mr. Vice President Rookie, yep. uh, obviously commanding the news these days is the uh, possibility of Russia invading Ukraine. Yep. And I would like to know, uh, have you been, uh, Mr. Vice President, have you been involved in the uh, decision-making and your thoughts on what... I thought we always started with, we always started with uh, the actual Vice President. No, we don't. No, no. You're completely wrong, and you should put a lot of coins in the scandal. A lot of coins, The whole bit wouldn't even work then. Maybe some paper money. Yeah. I'm going to put in a $100 bill, and you're not going You're going to Tannen scan. All right. Mr. Vice President, your, Mr. Vice President, your thoughts on the Russia-Ukraine and possibly an imminent invasion of Ukraine by Russia? Uh, well, not only have I uh, been involved in the day-to-day operations of uh, this horrible threat, um, I have been trying to put a plan together to make sure that the uh, uh, Russians, the the uh, Vladimir Putin and his cabinet know that we mean business, and this is just a horrible thing to threaten the uh, people of Ukraine. Uh, it's a bully move is what it is. It's a bully move, and uh, I think the only way we can stop it is, first, sanctions. we got to tell them they cannot—we uh, need to put our foot down. Mm-hmm. We need to put our foot down and say— we're not messing around here. I know that the prior administration you had a very good relationship with, but as far as right now, uh, the threat 
to the Ukraine people and the threat to um, potentially have a World War III come out is great. Mm-hmm. So we need to sit down, uh, hack this out without uh, them, uh, the Russians, going over the Ukraine borders. All right. And now the vice president. Talking about Ukraine, so here's the deal. First of all, um, I am being briefed on a constant basis by my national security team. And uh, as you know, the president, I, and other members of our administration have been in active discussions with our allies and partners around the globe, um, in particular in Europe. And the bottom line is that we have been clear and consistent for quite some time that we respect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of of Ukraine, and we expect that Russia would do the same, and any aggressive action taken by Vladimir Putin will be met with severe consequences. Uh, The ball Mm. is clearly in his court. I can't tell you what he's going to do, but we are prepared to take decisive action if he moves in an aggressive manner into Ukraine. I see no difference in the two answers. Yeah, I'm seriously no difference. I'm I glad. thought she sounded a little better, she, only because she used uh, big, big words. She used and some bigger words. Yeah, used phrases right. like decisive action. Right. Right. Well, I did like how she started with, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's, here's the, deal. the deal. Let me dumb here's it down for you. Mr. Vice President, I don't know why this has come to your uh, attention so late. It's not exactly a new topic in this country, but uh, what is your position regarding uh, America's... Uh, efforts to continue to remove lead from uh, drinking pipes, for example, and lead paint in in older apartments. Lead, uh, apparently, is a concern of yours. Uh, It is a concern. Um, Lead, of course, can be very dangerous. Lead, of course, can be very um, productive. You know, you got a lead pipe. (laughs) You want to beat somebody up? Bang, bang. That's going to be effective. (laughs) No, uh, lead... Uh, was relied on heavily uh, in uh, when they made paint, and to remove paint from you know current places where it is. It, I mean, it can be deadly. So I, I've looked at this. <laughs> I've looked at the 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 possibility that uh, um, you know who was it? The guy that used to call uh, Larry King would eat the uh, lead chips. Yeah, um, uh, Frank Quillacy's brother, Bill Bill Quillacy. Bill Quillacy. Uh, and that's how I that's how I got onto this. That's how I made it one of my things that I was going to uh, check. You know, lead in the water is a bad thing. We got to remove the lead from the water. People can't be drinking lead. That's bad. Um, I don't know what extent uh, the country needs to go to in order to be removing uh, lead paint from, say, private houses, mm-hmm. uh, commercial buildings, etc. Mm-hmm. We know it's a bad thing, but we just we need to keep people safe. Uh, I, there has to be a good program and a good way to do this. Uh, we're still working on it, but uh, lead in paint is bad. People shouldn't eat lead paint. All right. And Vice President? Yep. This is also an environmental justice issue in rural communities, in poor communities, and communities of color. So let's think about what this means. What does it mean? Our children are going to school where they are potentially drinking lead infused poisonous water out of water fountains. What does this mean? It means that our children are sleeping in bedrooms that are coated with lead paint. What does this mean for the children of America? Uh, Well, 50% is estimated, 50% at least, half of children under the age of six in America are exposed to lead. 
or are at risk. This is a profound issue. And as for adults, exposure to lead can result in increased blood pressure and a decreased kidney function. In our children, irreparable damage to the body and the brain. This is I think you both want to keep people safe, don't you? I think so. I think so. Wasn't that the I, Mad Hatter that went nuts because he had to... Uh, I did not know that this country faced environmental justice issues. With lead. I'm glad that, uh, right. I'm glad that, that was brought to our attention. Now, we're, uh, now you're president, rookie? Yep. And how do you feel you should be handling the press if you uh, are finding them critical of you or you are uh, finding yourself at odds with many of the questioners during your rare your rare uh, uh, press conferences and briefings. How, how do you think you should be handling the press? Uh, there are members of the press that I like, and there are members of the press that I don't like. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, need to maintain my professionalism as the leader of the greatest country in the whole wide world. And if someone has a direct question that I don't like, I still need to hold my composure and answer the question, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what my thoughts are on that person personally. And I also need to show the people that I'm leading by example when we have to uh, get along with uh, people who disagree, uh, whether it be political party-wise, uh, race-wise, whatever the case may be. And I think it's important to show that uh, I am a strong-willed, thick-skinned president, somebody that people will get behind and feel safe, that I'm tough enough running this country and not caving into um, sticks and stones can break my bones. Right. Words will never hurt me. Mr. President? What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I got that one. His holds a little more punch, yeah. but I think I... <laughs> Finally, uh, as we all know now, Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring from the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes. He will uh, retire at the conclusion of the current session in june what are your plans how are you uh, shaping up your search what what uh, what are you looking for in a new supreme court justice uh justice Breyer seems like a very uh, good supreme court justice he seems level-headed and we're sorry to see him go he has done a a, a good job and in his uh last several interviews he's talking about the country um coming together and and remaining together what my plan is for the next uh, Supreme Court justice, I know there is a large uh, request that it be a black female, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that there are many qualified black females that have gone to school, our current judges uh, have made all type of different appointments uh, in various levels of government, and that are qualified. My concern for this country would finding the best person and if it happens to be a black female that's great but i would not limit me, uh, my um nomination for supreme court justice just to find the best black female uh because you're 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 lessening there might everybody should be included mm -hmm. you're insulting black females to say i want you to be in there you're here because you're a black female Mm -hmm. Not because you're the best candidate. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a backhanded. It's almost slap. racist, isn't it? It's a backhanded slap, yep. and uh, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, sir. No, sir. no, you're, anytime, anytime. Uh, stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. uh, that's uh, the best person should be appointed, and we'll and conduct so our forth. search. Yeah, and so forth. Right. Now here's the president. 
Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue, in my view. That statement made no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. I'm going to scan the globe for the qualified candidate. (laughs) Why didn't he say, I'm going to find the best black female candidate? Because that's not what he's saying. No. I'm going to find the good candidate, but it's going to be a black person. Right. A black woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is insulting to black people. It is. It is. We actually were talking about this at home. That's racist. He, he would no more say, I mean, so long as it's a white female, he wouldn't say that. Correct. He, but you can't even limit it to being a female. Find the best candidate. Who's up? Who, who do we, who is deserving of that spot? Well, just so long as it's a black female who is deserving of that spot. You saw right? who uh, raised her hand, by the way, this morning. Who? Candace Owens. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, I don't think she's got a shot. <laughs> I Here don't I like her chances. Here we are. Right. You know, that local judge, Wilhelmina, she came up the other day. She's on the short list. Uh, Wilhelmina, she let the arsonist, uh, she reduced oh, the sentence yes. for the arsonist. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Can't, you know. Well, okay, I, uh, once again, I think this just demonstrates that there's really no difference between you as president and vice president as Harris and Biden. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I yeah. think I'm pretty much qualified. Yes, you are. 1600, here I come. Yeah. Let's <laughs> party. Tick tock. <laughs> you can't start counting down already. No, I gotta, I gotta get to 2 o'clock anyway. <laughs> Scramble! I'll say. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Jan 28, brah. 1890. Farmers in Clark's Grove, Freeborn County, formed a dairy co-op. This co-op is not the state's first, but its success would inspire other communities to use Clark Grove's organizational system and its bylaws, which were written in Danish, as a model. Hmm. Yeah. Damn commies. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> On this day. Today. One, two, eight. 1891, a group of Ojibwe assembled for a ghost dance. A rumor of an uprising at Lake of the Woods spreads, and many white settler colonists flee the Rosso Valley. Upon investigation, Sheriff Oscar Youngren discovered that the gathering is peaceful. Uh, fearing that the colonists might take revenge upon their return, a few Ojibwe feed and water their animals in their absence. Huh. It was an act of getting along. Yes, I think that's, that's nice. An act of getting along. Showing that they were the bigger person. That's right. Yep. That's right. Migwitch. Uh, thank you, GLers. Really quick before we sign off, sir, yeah. if I may just take a quick minute. Sure. Uh, uh, GLers, I'm going to post this to the Garage Logic Facebook page, but 
one of the people behind the scenes here in Garage Logic is dealing with some adversity right now in, right. Her, in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys all know our gal Kaylee. Uh, she just recently had a yes. baby girl. And unfortunately, the following day, she wasn't feeling well, and she has been diagnosed with leukemia. Mm-hmm. You hear our five voices on this show, but she was one of the people that was instrumental in the transition uh, of the show from radio form to podcast form. So her GoFundMe page is going to be posted at the Garage Logic page. We okay. have all made a contribution to help her and her family. Her husband, Travis, is now taking care of uh, their their uh, their oldest child and now a baby. So uh, any contribution be appreciated. Five bucks, whatever you got. Uh, Kaylee is one of the best people that works here at Hubbard Broadcasting. She knows technology and stuff. Absolutely. She, she does. is as, as soft-spoken as can be. There is not a harsh bone in her body. Not at all. And the joy of seeing her baby being born and then learning two days later that they found uh, leukemia in her blood work is just horrifying. And um, anything we can do to the GoFundMe page would go towards uh, buying meals at DoorDash, that kind of stuff, because their head's going to be spinning. I don't care what they spend it on. She's not here at work, and that's going to be a stress on the family members, and it's just a, a... tragic thing we don't know what the future is no nope. but let's just take care of her for now uh, them for now because uh that's the right thing to do it yeah. you're right five ten i don't Doesn't care matter. what it is yeah. there's so many glers uh just don't go get that beer right or that bottle of vox so vodka well, best of luck to the way liquor store around that. yeah, yeah that's, that's true that's true yeah. good that's luck kaylee kaylee we love you good luck yep. travis all right. Uh, and, okay, she was instrumental in helping put together Pod MM. That's right, she was. There's a library of podcasts that you can check out. Find out what interests you at Pod MN on your smartphone. Again, uh, check out Facebook. Friend us on Facebook, and you'll get the information that Reavers will post on Kaylee. And then also, uh, we want you to check out the YouTube channel we have. Subscribe to that YouTube channel so you can be entertained, informed, and it's just fun stuff to poke around with them. Having a Roycey-like gas attack. Here. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, happy Friday. <laughs> we got to get rid of that camera. Yeah. Which one are you on? That one, brother. Yeah.